All right, everyone, welcome into this week's podcast that we have now renamed the Money Line. Um, I just like the name better than Gabe's Gambling Den. Uh, so we're going with it, the Money Line, week three. I'm still Gabe Myers, your host, but we are now calling this podcast the Money Line. I'm excited for it. Hope you listen to me throughout the first two weeks of the NFL season. Uh, we're six, three, and one so far. Um, maybe if the Saints could uh, score in the second half, we'd have a better record. But you know, things happen in football. We got lucky with Koskowski missing what was it, four kicks in Week One. Um, week Two, a little bit unlucky. Um, so let's recap Week Two. Still a winning week last week. Uh, like I said, we had the Saints minus five and a half. Really disappointed in their offense. They came away came away with a loss. Had the Eagles minus one and a half. Um, they didn't look good at all. Um, but the Broncos plus six and a half covered in Pittsburgh. Uh, Baltimore minus seven easily covered down in Houston. And the Seahawks, thanks to a last stand on defense, covers the minus four in New England. That was my favorite bet of the week. Was never worried, um, even when Cam was on the one yard line. Um, no, that's a total lie. I was very worried when Cam Newton was on the one yard line looking to score. Um, now we're looking ahead though. Let's look ahead to this week. We went three and two last week, six, three and one on the season. Here are the winners this week. Collect your money if you make these bets. All right, first bet of the week now. Love the Rams. It started at three, down to one now. Love the Rams plus one in Buffalo. Uh let's start off here. The weather's still good in Buffalo. This game was being played in December, November, even late October. Probably wouldn't like the Rams here. Probably would stay away from this game. But weather's still good in Buffalo. That's not going to be a factor. The Rams, a warm weather West Coast team. Um, also, big thing, Tyler Higby coming off a big week last week for the Rams. If you watched the Bills last week, Mike Gesicki had eight catches for 130 yards. Uh, the Bills are great on the outside in the secondary with Tredavious White. Had trouble with a big athletic tight end, Mike Gesicki, last week. I see similar problems this week with Tyler Higby. Um, another uh, trend to look at here, I like looking at trends when making these bets. Sean McVay, 11-2 in September as a head coach of the Rams, meaning the Rams typically start the season well. Why is that? Well, McVay is an offensive guy, meaning he adds new wrinkles into his offense in the offseason, which makes it tough for defenses early in the year to adjust. That's why his teams typically start out hot, and you're seeing it again this week. Uh, they ran roughshod over the Eagles um, a week ago, and if you – you know, if you follow the Rams during the offseason, McVeigh was just in the lab all offseason, wasn't happy with the year they had last year, and they're starting off 2-0. I think they start off 3-0 after this game. And then I think the last thing, most importantly, I think Josh Allen comes back to earth versus uh, Aaron Donald and the Rams' defensive line. Um, Josh Allen's looked great the first two weeks. I have him on my fantasy team, and I'm benching him this week. But the first two weeks, he's been awesome. Number two quarterback in fantasy football. Um... But he played the Jets and the Dolphins, who are not exactly the 85 Bears on defense. Not saying the Rams are, but Aaron Donald, this Rams defensive line, is going to be the best defensive line the Bills have faced this year. And, you know, deep shots to Stephon Diggs. Diggs had a big week last week against Miami. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey is going to, mitigate, going to mitigate that quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to go Rams 28-24, getting the win and covering that spread. Um, yeah, I just like the Rams here in Buffalo. I think the Bills come back to earth a little bit with the Rams. I get, 
you know, I call the coaching a watch. I think McDermott's really good, but I get the better quarterback, more consistent quarterback in Jared Goff, um, the better offense with the Rams, and I think I get a really good defensive talent. I think Josh Allen comes back to earth a little bit here. I like the Rams to go up to Buffalo and win. Now let's move on to my second bet of the week. I like the Texans, plus four in Pittsburgh. Now, know what you're thinking. Texans start off 0-2, haven't looked good. But let's keep in mind, they played the Chiefs and the Ravens. Those might be, probably are, the two best teams in the NFL. Let's not overreact to the first two weeks. Also, they're working in a lot of new pieces into the offense. They brought in Brandon Cooks. They brought in, uh, who is the other, Randall Cobb. They brought in David Johnson. A lot of new pieces on offense. I'm not saying those. I'm not saying those were all good moves, but it's a reality. They're working new people into the offense. They're going to get more and more comfortable as the season goes on. And then looking at Pittsburgh. Sorry about that. Looking at Pittsburgh, Steelers are 2-0. Yes, that's really good, but they beat the hapless Giants in Week 1. The Giants might be the worst team in the NFL. And then the Jeff Driscoll-led Broncos in Week 2 because Drew Locke went out of that game in the first quarter. And they only beat the Broncos by uh, they only beat the Broncos by 5. Um, did not look great against the Broncos. Um, I don't uh, – I'm not saying the Steelers, I don't think they're good – I think the Steelers are a solid team, but I don't think there's a massive gap between the Steelers and the Texans. Also, Pittsburgh secondary is suspect. Deshaun is by far the best quarterback they faced. I mean, they were not, um, they don't have great cover corners. I mean, Joe Hayden's a veteran. You know, his best days are behind him. They don't really have a second corner behind him. Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary is really, really good as a safety but he's not, you know, he's not covering guys one-on-one. Also, against the Broncos last week, Big Ben, 38.7 QBR. And you only, if you take away the 84-yard pass he had to Chase Claypool, only 227 yards passing. James Conner, take away the 59-yard run, he was held under 50 yards on the ground. Steelers had a couple of big plays that made their offensive stats look really good last week. They really were not that good offensively. I do know the Steelers' defense is really good, and I am concerned about the Texans' offensive line against that Steelers front seven but I get the better quarterback in Deshaun Watson I think the better offense in the Houston Texans and with J.J. Watt with the rookie Ross Blacklock with McKinney and Cunningham I get some good talent in that defensive front seven I think the Steelers win this game but I think four is too big of a number Steelers win 28-27 a tight one but I do think the Texans cover that four point number I I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to get uh going to get beat handily three times in a row All right, moving on to the next game. Another team from the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts, at home against the Jets. And I like the Jets getting 12.5 points. Here's why. Um, I know the Jets are bad, but the Colts are not exactly the most talented team in the league. They have a lot of – they're really an overachieving overachieving team just as an organization. What does that mean? They don't cover these big spreads. They can't beat you with talent. Also, the Colts – they're not, they're not going to come out as hard as they did against the Vikings last week. There's going to be a little bit of lack of motivation when they turn on the film and see how bad the Jets are. Yes, this is a real thing in the NFL. They can't beat you with just their talent. They do it with effort. That effort is not going to be at the same level. We saw what happened against Jacksonville in week one. Over a touchdown favorite, they end up losing the game. Also, Colts are not a high-powered offense. They're a low-scoring running team, meaning the game's going to be somewhat close. It may not feel all that close because, let's face it, the Jets are not all that good of a team, but the game is never going to be out of hand on the scoreboard. Number three, 
at this point, Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Phillip Rivers. Now, I did like Sam Darnold coming out of USC, but this isn't really a pro-Sam Darnold thing. Just Phillip Rivers is not that good of a quarterback anymore. He turns the ball over a lot. Um, I think he'll have a turnover that's going to cost the Colts some points, maybe two turnovers. Um, Darnold obviously has less to work with, a terrible offensive line. I think Adam Gase is a joke as a head coach. We're seeing that right now. But I'm getting a better quarterback, and I'm getting 12.5 points. And like I said, remember, the Jaguars did put up points on the Colts. We saw the Jaguars on Thursday Night Football against Miami, who was lit up by the Bills last week. Um, I don't think this Colts defense is super stout. I think the Jets are, they're, while they're not a very good team, I don't think the Colts are all that talented either. I think the Colts win 24-14, to 14, but 12.5 points is a lot. I'll take the Jets to cover this one. All right, let's move on to my fourth bet of the week. I like the Washington football team, plus 7 at Cleveland. Now, I know on Thursday Night Football we saw the Browns have this great rushing attack. I mean, they're really good. Nick uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, two really good running backs. But that Washington D-line with Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan, Jonathan Allen, is also really, really good. The Browns, and we saw this with Baker Mayfield late in the game against the Bengals, they are very mistake-prone. I think the Browns, I, it's different from the Colts because I think the Browns are talented. The Colts are not that talented. But I think the Browns are going to make mistakes, and they're going to keep Washington in the game. Um, and Washington with that great defensive line, I think they're going to be able to slow down the run and they're going to force Baker into making some bad throws. Um, and then there's a lot of holes in that Cleveland defense. I mean, now Cincinnati, they did next to nothing against the Chargers defense in week one. Now the Chargers defense might actually be pretty good. We saw them hold their own against the Chiefs in week two, but the Bengals, I mean, Joe Burrow in a second career game, no no preseason, very little in training camp, no OTAs, none of that, threw 61 times and really lit the Browns' defense up. I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins is better than Joe Burrow, but what we saw is there's a lot of holes in this Cleveland defense. I think the Redskins, or I'm sorry, the Washington football team, it's going to take me a while to get used to saying that. I think Washington is going to be able to take advantage of the Browns' defense at times. I think they are very sloppy. They're very mistake-prone. And just as a team, the Browns, are, I think, are too sloppy to blow anybody out. I think I'm calling a backdoor cover here for the Washington football team. Cleveland wins 27-21. Washington covers that seven-point spread. All right, now let's move to the last game of the week. My favorite game of the week. We have the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. And anyone who knows me is going to be shocked by this pick. Because I like the Cowboys plus five in Seattle. Anyone who knows me knows I'm not a Cowboys guy. Why do I like the Cowboys plus five in Seattle? Number one, Seahawks offensive and defensive lines are atrocious. The offensive line, you don't see it too much because Russell Wilson's so good at escaping pressure and getting out of the pocket and making plays. But that defensive line, you saw it last week against New England. Did anyone ever get a hand on Cam Newton? Did Cam Newton ever feel uncomfortable in the pocket? The No pass rush from Seattle defensive line. No pass rush. And I also think they don't stop the run particularly well either. I think the Cowboys, Dak Prescott's going to have all day to throw. Zeke's going to have running lanes. I think the Cowboys are going to be very comfortable offensively. Also, the Patriots, with very below average weapons, ripped apart that Seattle secondary. I mean, we saw it. Julian Edelman was going down the field. When does Edelman go on the field? Go down the field. Demir Bird had a really good game. Nikhil Harry played like a first-round pick for the first time in his career. The Cowboys have much better weapons than New England. Amari Cooper is a top 10-12 receiver in the NFL. Michael Gallup's a very good number two. CeeDee Lamb, a very talented rookie. 
wherever you rank these guys, there's no question they are far, far better than the New England weapons that went up to Seattle last weekend. I think the Cowboys weapons are going to rip through that Seattle secondary. They're going to feast on it. Zeke is going to run at will. And Dallas, I don't think they're great against the run, but they do have pass rushers. They are a fast defense. I think Russell Wilson will face pressure throughout the game. I think he's going to have guys in his face. Now, he's going to make plays. The Dallas defense is not exactly great. But I think Russ is going to be far more uncomfortable than Dak is throughout this game. I'm going to take Seattle to win. I don't think I have the guts to call a Dallas upset here just because that defense is really, really bad. I'll take Seattle to win 34-31, but Dallas covers a five-point spread. The bet I love in this game, though, bet the over 55.5 points. I've already bet it. Points are going to be scored in this game. There's going to be a lot of them. I think both teams hit 30. Uh, that 55.5 should come pretty easily. I think we're going to see points on the board. Mike McCarthy even said they don't want to keep Russ on the field. They want to go blow for blow with them. I'm excited to watch this game. I think it will be very entertaining. Uh, hoping for that over. I got some money on that already. I will ultimately bet this game as well. As I bet all the games I tell you to bet because – why would I tell you where to put your money if I'm not putting my money on the same thing? But like Seattle to win this game and cover, or like Seattle to win this game, but Dallas to cover. This is my favorite bet of the week. I could see Dallas pulling the upset. Um, love the over 55 and a half though in this game. All right, we're gonna do something new here on this NFL part of the money line. We're gonna not just do NFL. We're gonna do all sports. But on this NFL section, I'm going to give you the game that I'm absolutely staying away from. The only way I would bet this game is if someone put a gun to my head and told me I had to. Game to stay away from, the Falcons minus three against the Chicago Bears. Um, here's why. Uh, if I said that, yes, I said it right. The Falcons minus three against Chicago. Um, here's why. The line doesn't make sense. Falcons 0-2, Bears 2-0. When a line doesn't make sense, Vegas knows something that you don't. Typically in this situation, I'd go with Vegas, but I'm staying away because the Falcons are wildly inconsistent. Um, and are they playing for Dan Quinn anymore? I Dan Quinn's a lame, du a lame duck head coach. They have nothing on defense. Um, I mean, the only reason why they almost beat Dallas, quite frankly, is because they Dallas fumbled the ball four times. Um, Atlanta's wildly inconsistent. So is Mitch Trubisky. No clue what you're getting from him. Uh, Dan Quinn's a lame duck head coach. Um, and Atlanta, I think they have a talented offense. You know, they have Calvin Ridley. They got Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. I think Hayden Hurst is a very talented tight end. Uh, but they can't get out of their own way. And also, Julio Jones might not even play this week. And most importantly here, do you really want to put your hard-earned money on either the Atlanta Falcons or on Mitch Trubisky against Matt Ryan? Uh Ryan, obviously, the better quarterback, but the Falcons just can't get out of their own way. Stay away from this one. It's my least favorite game of the week just because I have no clue what I'm getting from either of these teams. All right, well, on this new Moneyline podcast, we're going to introduce some new stuff here. Uh, we're going to do other sports besides the NFL. Um, and with this weekend, the UFC is happening. UFC 253, Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. Um, outside of football, I would say the UFC is probably my favorite sport to gamble on. Uh, actually made a killing last week on the Colby Covington, Tyron Woodley fight night, uh, on that fight night card. Um, so we're going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you what I think about UFC 253, um, Adesanya versus Costa. 
Um, so really, it depends on where you go. My book right now has Costa plus 145, Adesanya minus 175 favorite. Uh, I have a friend who lives out, he lives down in the south. Uh, there's a there's a casino close to him. He says that casino has uh, Paulo Costa as a slight favorite. So it really just depends on where you place your bets as far as who's a favorite. It's a coin flip either way. I think this fight is very close. I like Paulo Costa, the win to fight on Saturday night over Israel Adesanya. I think it is very close. I do like Costa to win. Costa walks dudes down and absolutely destroys them. Uh, it's not going to be that easy against Adesanya, though. But if you look at Adesanya's career, what's the one fight that's given him problems in his career? Kelvin Gastelum. What did Kelvin Gastelum do? Walk down Israel Adesanya. Wasn't afraid of his striking. Paulo Costa will do the same thing. It's that Paulo Costa is bigger and stronger than Kelvin Gastelum. But the bet I love from the Costa-Adesanya fight, the bet I love, I love this fight going over two and a half rounds. Now, this isn't like, uh, not like the NFL where if you have 44 and a half points, they have to score 45. Um, so if it goes to, if it, uh, for two and a half rounds, if it gets past the 230 mark in the third round, you've covered. So if there's a finish with uh, two minutes, 20 seconds left on the clock, in the third round, uh, you already hit your uh, you already hit your overprop, so you're good to go. Um, but Costa finishes his guys quickly, but Adesanya has a heck of a chin. I think Adesanya is going to be able to avoid Costa for a period of time. I don't think Adesanya is going to be put down early on in the fight. And if Adesanya wins, it's definitely not going to be ended early. Um, I love the fight going over two and a half rounds. Um, and the other title fight for the light heavyweight championship, Dominic Reyes and Jan Blahovich. Uh, Reyes, pretty solid favorite. I'm looking at it at 275 right now. I imagine there's some diversity depending on where you place your bets. Um, I like Dominic Reyes to win this fight. Uh, I think Jan Blahovich is a bit of a one-trick pony. Uh, great power. Great, great punching power. But Dominic Reyes has that too, and Reyes moves really well. You saw that in the John Jones fight. I was actually at that John Jones fight. I did think Jones won the fight, but there was some controversy with that decision. But Reyes looked really, really good. Uh, Reyes moves very well. He does avoid punches very well. I think Jan's going to have a tough time tracking him down. I think Reyes puts him out probably second or third round. I like Reyes winning that fight. Um, other than the title fights, the only fight I, I have a really strong opinion on, I love Kai Kara France, the, uh, y- the young, uh, the young striker, uh, young five foot four, the short striker, love Kai Kara France, minus 210 betting favorite, uh, love Kai Kara France to win his fight on Saturday night. All right, now on the Moneyline podcast, uh, last thing I'll touch on today, last thing I'll give you advice on, it's college football. Uh, Big 12 playing conference games this weekend. The SEC is back this weekend. Like I said on the Right On Sports podcast, if you haven't listened to that already, go and listen to it with my partner, Jason Cassera. Um, a great, great sports weekend we have with uh, SEC football back, Big 12 playing conference games, UFC pay-per-view, Adesanya and Costa, and then a great NFL weekend we have ahead of us. What a weekend to be a sports fan. This is what you live for. It's what I live for, at least. Um, love this weekend we have coming up. Um, but I'm going to give you some college football advice here. What I'm thinking as far as the college football gambling scene. Um, first thing I'm staying away from the sec games this, this weekend. Cause there's so much we don't know about these teams. Um, and I think that's true of any college football year, but with the sec, I think everyone's practice, everyone's like training camp has been very different. Um, I, I think there's so much unknown with these teams 
Uh, I just looked at the SEC games. There wasn't a game I was comfortable putting my money on. Uh, if I was going to do one of them, I would say uh, I'd probably take Florida minus 14 against Ole Miss, but I'm not putting my money on that one. Uh, that's probably the one I like the most, but it's just a very – very weird, uh, very weird year. I want to see what I'm getting from these SEC teams in uh, week one. The only college football game I am betting this weekend is the Texas Longhorns against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I like the Longhorns minus 18. Here is why. Red Raiders almost lost to FCS Houston Baptist University. I actually know a couple of guys on HBU, so shout out to them putting up a fight against the Red Raiders. Uh, but Texas Tech did not look good against HBU. The Longhorns did look good against UTEP. Now, again, it is UTEP. Uh, but what was more important to me as I was watching, I've watched a little bit of college football, watching, you know, seeing Texas Tech against HBU, Oklahoma State against Tulsa. I, I watch... A lot of these teams, even like Miami in their first game, uh, I watch a lot of these teams, and a lot of these teams don't look clean. Like it's everything's just sloppy, everything's off, timing's weird. They're missing handoffs. Guys are running to the wrong side. Um, I didn't see that from Texas at all. Texas looked in sync offensively and defensively. Now again, it was UTEP, so not like they were gonna really take advantage of mistakes that Texas made. But what was important to me for the Longhorns is that they did look clean in that game. Uh, why is that? They returned a lot of players. Sam Ellinger, the quarterback, obviously back. They returned a really good running back room led by Keontae Ingram. Uh, they did lose Colin Johnson and Devin Duvernay at wide receiver, but they bring back Jordan Smith, Brennan Eagles, and add Tariq Black, a transfer from Michigan, wide receiver. Uh, he's going to be really, really good, a graduate transfer, a very high-profile recruit who went to Michigan, had a really good freshman year, then got hurt, Never quite got his rhythm again. I think he'll have a monster year, end up a first-team all-conference player when it's all said and done in the Big 12. Um, and the Longhorns return a lot on defense as well. Uh, the Red Raiders return the least amount of production of any team in the Big 12. Only 60, only 57% of their production is back from a season ago, um, which is why I think the Red Raiders look uh, not very good against HBU. Um, and then the lack of fans... And I mean, I'm not sure what the situation is at Texas Tech, but they're definitely not going to have a full house there. Uh, so not much of a home field other than the fact that the Longhorns have to travel. I think Texas, they, this is a statement year for Tom Herman. There's a chance to have a statement game, you know, 2.30 on Fox National TV. I think the Longhorns come out, look good. I like the Longhorns to blow out the Red Raiders 52-21, to 21, easily covering that 18-point spread. Well, that's all the advice I have for you this weekend. Uh, if you want anything else, uh, follow us on uh, Instagram at right on underscore sports. Uh, I'll post this podcast on there. Uh, if you have uh, follow us on Facebook as well, the Right On Sports Facebook page. If you got any questions for me? Um, you know, get in the DMs on Instagram, uh, comment on Facebook. Let me know if you have a feeling about a game and you don't know which way to go. Or check out the uh, Fantasy Football Podcast, our fa the Fantasy Football Help Desk. Um, hope you listened to it this week because I told you to start Ryan Fitzpatrick and he looked really, really good on Thursday night. I did. He got me 29 points. Um, trying to think what else do I have to say, but yeah, I hope, uh, hope you guys have a great week. Hope you place these bets. Let's make some money together. Uh, listen to the right on sports podcast, fantasy football help desk, follow us on our social medias. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to this on Saturday or Sunday. If you're listening to it Sunday morning before the game start, uh, have a great weekend, win some money and I'll see y'all next week.